Hey, you're listening to the Lighthouse Podcast. For more information about the Lighthouse, you can visit lighthousedallas.org. We have been in a series entitled Week Days. It's a, it's a play on words. It's a play on words. Uh, uh, you know, we all go through weekdays. How many of you, uh, Friday is your favorite day of the week? Raise your hand. Friday is your favorite day of the week. All right. Saturday is your favorite day of the week. Raise your hand. All right. Sunday is your favorite day of the week. I'm watching all of you. You better put your hand. And a couple of you, you know, strange people, you actually like Monday. Who's those few people? All right, all right. A few people are like Monday. Yeah, there you go. Um, it's a play on words. So you say, Pastor, you need to go back. Thank you. You need to go back. Oh, I got a lighthouse one. I've always wanted one of these. This is awesome. Say, Pastor, you need to go back to school. You don't know how to spell weekdays. I know educators, it's a play on words because what we've been looking at, Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, um, at the beginning of our reality, as Scripture tells us, the days of creation that are found in Genesis. And we know that today, today are some troubling days. Would anybody agree with me? And these troubling days that we are going through can cause some weakness in our lives. Anybody ever feel weak? Raise your hand. Everybody should raise their hand on that because there's nobody, nobody that uh, can, can just keep going. We all get weak. And so what we thought we should do is look at the first days to show us some, some truth and, and some characteristics about who our God is. And, and so far, to give you a catch-up, for those of you who haven't been here, uh, give you a catch-up, we've covered four days. We've covered four of those days, of the seven days. Um, day seven is actually where we started. We kicked this message off with day seven. What did God do on the seventh day? Rest. Rest. Genesis chapter two says this, by the seventh day, God had finished the work that he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he, what does it say? Rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and he made it, what does it say? Holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. And what we learned in that first week is that work is important. God wants us to work. Somebody say amen. amen. We all have a work. God has a work for us all. And, and work is important. And we want to say thank you to all the teachers in advance for the hard work that you are going to put in this year and that you have already put in this year. Probably first day of school, you're like, is it the last day yet? Is it the last day? You're like, you you, you are, have already put in so much work and you will put in so much work and you have and we're so grateful for that. But, but as important as work is, I want you to understand this, that rest is just as important or I would even dare to say more important than work. Because let me ask, let me, let me point this out. If God rested, how many of you know we should rest too? Because there's nobody greater than God. And if nobody's greater than God, we should follow his example and we should be people of rest. And rest, I want you to repeat this after me. Resting is a blessing. Say it with me. More importantly, before than a blessing, it is a holy moment, it is a commandment. And I will just be the first one to... to, to, to Confess 
that resting is hard for me. Anybody else like that you want to confess this morning? Resting is hard for you because you always want to work and, and there's always something. And, and I, I have committed myself to, to being a better example for this church and for my children and for my family so that I could be a better rester because resting is a blessing. And educators, here's what I want to first encourage you with. Uh, everybody under the sound of my voice, whether you're educator or not, be sure to find rest. Your body, your soul, your spirit will thank you. Listen, nobody, somebody say nobody, nobody is the Energizer Bunny. How many of you remember the Energizer Bunny? I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep planning. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep doing that. Can I remind, uh, to tell you about a pastor who wrote a book about resting? He said that, that he just kept going in his pastoral and ministry work, and he was working seven days a week nonstop. And then one day he was home alone. His wife went on a ministry trip, and, 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 and he opened his sock drawer and his underwear drawer, and he realized that he only had one pair of socks and one pair of underwear. Why do they call it pair of underwear? It's just one. Anyways, one pair of socks and one pair of underwear, and then, and then he... He, he just, he, it just, it was, have you ever heard the term, the camel that broke, the, 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 the straw that broke the camel's back? See, I didn't practice that. The straw that broke the camel's back. Have you ever heard of that? And he just wept on his knees and he couldn't believe. And he said, why, why did that happen? And because that was just one more thing that he had to do because he did not rest. And God began to speak to him. Can I encourage you? Work is important, but that email will still be there Monday morning. Hello? That work to be done will still be there on Tuesday. Rest. Turn to your neighbor and say, resting is a blessing. Second week, we covered Genesis chapter 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless. It was empty. It was dark over the face surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be... And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. One thing that we learned, um, just to recap, is that, that we have a God who is a spirit who can hover over the dark and formless and empty things in our life. How many of you sometimes your life, you have some darkness in your life? Can we all be honest that not everything is all light, right? We don't always think good all the time. Sometimes we struggle in our thinking. Anybody? How many of you sometimes you have situations that are like you don't know what to do and they're confusing and they're chaotic? Raise your hand. Come on. Come on. None of us are perfect in here. We got we got to be willing to be able to say, "Okay, that's me." I see some of you are like this, all right? Come on. We we have these but just as the spirit of God hovered over what that which was chaotic and confusing and dark. How many of you know we still have a spirit that can hover over our confusing and chaotic times if you believe that? Say amen. Come on. He still can. And we have this privilege. We have this honor of being able to uh, connect with our God whenever he does that. He can rescue us out of those dark and, and difficult times. Uh, the, God gave me a picture uh, of, of this, of a, of a rescue helicopter like that, that is hovering over the waters, coming to, to his rescue. How many of you are grateful that God rescues us? Raise your hand. Amen. After that, we looked at day two, and God said, let there be a firmament. I always thought that word was kind of funny. Everybody say that with me. Firmament. In the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters 
from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided divided the, the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven so the evening and the morning was the second day. We learned that, that particular message that the waters of the earth meant that it was a cloudy day. We also sometimes have cloudy days. You remember that old picture? Maybe it was a little comic where uh, you have uh, a guy and he's walking and he's all sad and he's going down like that. And then, and then everybody else, everything is happy, but just this one man is sad, but there's a little cloud over him and it's just raining. How many of you know you ever see that sometimes? Yeah. How many of you ever feel that way sometimes? Raise your hand. In cloudy moments and in cloudy days, you're like, God, what is happening? We don't really like the cloudy days. This is why we all want to live on Sesame Street, all right? How many of you, uh, sunny days? Keep, and I put the old school Sesame Street for some of you guys from the 70s and 80s. That's the, old, that's the real Sesame Street, all right? Those other ones are a bunch of, no, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. That's the OG, that's right, the original, the OG, all right? I, I like that t-shirt that says, raised on the streets, and there's a picture of them. Here's the thing about clouds. Here's the thing about clouds. You may have a cloudy day. That we learned on that day that God is able to move in the clouds, even if we can't. Number two, God can be seen in the clouds when we think that he's not there, like we saw in Exodus. I want to read you a vision that our, our youth pastor, Pastor Ronald, had last, I think it was last Sunday. And he said this. He said, on Sunday morning during worship, I had a clear vision of a cloud, and it was small at first, and then it started expanding. It was a gray cloud. Uh-oh. I'm like, where's this going? There was no thunder. There was no lightning. And it expanded over the room of the sanctuary. I mean, I got even more nervous. Oh, my goodness. It's not just what's happening here. But after it reached from one end to the other, guess what? It started raining. Hallelujah. And I felt like I heard the Holy Spirit say, I am raining on every dry place. And I am making things grow. There was, and he said there was rain on the empty chairs in the room. And there were these green stems that started to grow. And then I heard the scripture, the scripture, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I think this is where the prophet prayed for a rain in a season where they did not have any. And I believe that God is sending new people, new experiences, and new miracles to the lighthouse. Let's bless the Lord for that word. And thank God for that word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And the third thing that we learned on that day was that God can remove the clouds just like he did when Jesus calmed the storm. Here we are, today's message, day three. Let's look what it says, Genesis chapter 1, verses 9 through 13. Everybody still with me? You got that coffee in you? All right. Then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together in, what does it say? One place. So that, what is it called? Dry ground may appear. And this is what happened. God called the dry ground land. And the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Can we pray one more time? Lord, help us today as we receive your word that is fresh for us this morning. 
We thank you for a God who knows all about us. None of us are perfect. We need you in Jesus' name. If you believe that, say amen. amen. How many of you believe it's important to be balanced in life? Raise your hand. Important to be in balance. You can have too much of one thing. It's not good. Amen? Yeah, it's, 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 you can't have too much food. Uh, I'm an example of that for you today. That's supposed to be a joke. Nobody laughed, okay? <laughs> sleep is good, but too much sleep is not good. Amen? Exercise is good, but how many of you know too much exercise is not good? Water is good. I'm going to go ahead and take my drink. Water. How many of you love water? How many of you wouldn't drink water even if it was you were out in the desert? You were looking for a Coke. Raise your hand. You're like, water's disgusting, right? Uh, I know a guy that straight up just does only drink Coke. That's it, no matter what. And I'm, he's still living, so, you know, whatever. Water is good, but too much water is not good either. We use water to keep us hydrated. We use water for recreation. We use water to keep us clean. We, we use water, you know, for, for many, many things, but too much water is never good. And let me give you the perfect example. Hollywood made a movie about it. How many of you remember the movie Waterworld? All right? How many of you remember that movie Waterworld? That, that was, that, I, I just, how many of you don't like water? Raise your hand. You're like, don't put me on the water at all. Anybody, you, just, you don't like water. It's okay. It's okay to admit that. Uh, too much water is not good. And, and here's, here's what, let me give you something that God was trying, is trying to tell us this morning. That it was in the heart of God all along when he created, everything he created, his sole purpose of creating everything he created was so that he could create a space for humanity to live and for humanity to thrive. And humanity was not able to thrive on the waters. We needed dry land. How many of you are thankful for dry land? And so here's, here's what I wanna tell you, is that, is that God knowing that there was nothing but waters, God makes a way. Can we say that phrase together? God makes a way. One more time. God makes a way. And what he does is that he makes dry land appear. And, and, and he doesn't do away with all the water. Thank, thank the Lord. I heard a statistic the other day from, I think it was my oldest, it could have been my youngest, that said that, that all of, the, the, of all the water that's on the earth, there's only like 1% that's actually fresh water. And so he doesn't actually remove all the, he didn't remove all the clouds and he doesn't remove all the, the water, but he, he allows there to be land that will come up from the waters. Look what he says, let the waters beneath the sky flow together in one place so that dry land may appear. Can I just dig a little bit? And as I was thinking and praying, I was thinking, Lord, where did the land come from? Where did it come from? And the Lord spoke to my heart is that the land was always there. It just needed, it, it, something needed to flee. Something needed to get out of the way so that way we could see the land. And so when God said, let the waters beneath the sky, 
uh, flow together in one place so that dry land may appear. He was essentially moving the waters out of the way so that he could find a space, so that we could find a space so that we could be with him. The dry land needed the word of God. Did you know that the Lord created the heavens and the earth not with his hands, not with his feet, not with angels. He created him, created the earth with his what? Word. And when God speaks, God creates. And when God speaks, it is a powerful word. And let me just tell you this right here, friends, this, this is if you read it, it will create new thinking in your heart and in your mind. We've got to get the word of God inside of us. And it is powerful. Somebody say amen. amen. And so, so why does the enemy fight us all the time on the word of God? Because he knows how powerful the word is. And so here we see the word of God separating, removing things that don't need to be there. Every time I read the word of God, you know what it does for me? It removes something that doesn't need to be there. Does that happen to anybody else? Does that happen? Raise your hand. That happens to you? Yeah. That's what it's designed for. The word, you, it brings out, you think you're doing pretty good in life. You're like, man, I'm a good, I'm a good husband. I'm a good, you know, pastor. And I got things going. We can be real prideful and we're going down and we read the word and the word's like, eh, wait a minute. This thing needs to be removed from your life. I'm grateful that the word of God can remove things out of my way. Somebody say amen. amen. I also believe that in times that are troublesome and stressful, waters can, that God's word can cause those waters to rescind and, and we can learn something from the lessons that we're going through. How many of you have ever had an obstacle in your life? Raise your hand. You've had an obstacle. You've had a mountain. We talked about mountains earlier in the song. We talked about uh, walls. Uh, we talked about those kind of things. How many of you have ever had an obstacle before? How many of you know that God is a God who can take every obstacle and create an opportunity? Because there is, like the song says, no wall that he cannot kick down. There is no mountain, come on, that he can't move. Somebody say amen. And so, so in that moment, God had an obstacle. The obstacle was the waters. There was too many waters. I, I've got humanity. I need to create them. What am I going to do? Well, for God, it was easy. He said, you know what? Waters, get out of the way. And the obstacle became an opportunity. How many of you know that you can also, not just an obstacle can become an opportunity with God, but that test can become a testimony? How many of you have been through a test and now you got a testimony? Let's testify today. Wave your hand at me. I was going through a test and now I've, I got a testimony. God can, 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 can move a mountain and make it a miracle. God can remove the waters and make a way. He can, 
he, from the seas, God can create something supernaturally. From the rivers, God can bring revival. Let me remind you how God removed the seawaters in Exodus chapter 14 when Israel had left Egypt and all of a sudden that they were faced with this sea up ahead of them. Oh my goodness, they said to Moses, Moses, what did you do? Did you bring us out here uh, right behind us? There's the, the Egyptians and they're coming out to get us and they've got these chariots. What are we going to do? Has anybody faced a moment like that before? Raise your hand. You've got a giant bill. You've got a meeting. You've got something up ahead and you're like, God, what is happening? Can I remind you that we have a God who is able to split the sea. He's able to split the river. Come on, somebody testify this morning. He is a God who can he, the waters don't matter to him. Waters don't matter. He, they're, 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 he sees them and says, hey, I created those waters. I can split those waters. I can cause there to be dry land. Let me remind you of two scriptures, Isaiah 43, 2. Check out Isaiah 43, 2. Let this be your year to be able to believe this. Can you help me out with that scripture? Isaiah 43, 2 says this. Actually, let's read this together. You ready? When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. Come on, say that. Put your hand on your heart and believe that for yourself. Come on, pray for yourself. Lord, we believe this morning that the waters that are ahead of me will not, will not pass over me and will not sweep over me in Jesus' name. You believe that? Say amen. amen. Let me give you Isaiah 59, 19. You ready? Let's read this together. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of God will raise up a standard against him. How many of you have ever felt that before? Amen. Hallelujah. The enemy comes. He comes in. He floods. He gets floods. I mean, you know, we had a wonderful sabbatical, and all of a sudden I got flooded with all kinds of problems and all kinds of things, and I was like, oh my goodness. But when the enemy comes in like a flood, God will raise up a standard. Can we put our hand on our heart again today? Can we rebuke the enemy in the name of Jesus? We say, enemy, you have no place. You will not. You will not succeed. You will not succeed. God's word will rise up a standard against you. If you believe that, say amen. amen. You know, this pastor, amen, this pastor feels many times like things are too much, too stressful, too much worry, too much to do, too many dreams, too many visions, too many problems, too many people. Oh, I didn't mean to say that. Sorry. That was a joke too. Y'all not getting my jokes today, man. What do I do? I heard, a, I heard a fake laugh. Thank you for that. That, that. that works too. What do I do? What do I do when things are too much for me? There's too much water. There's too much problems. There's too much people. What do I do? What do I do is I do like Moses. I trust God that he will not leave me to drown. I say like Isaiah and say, no, these waters will not come over me. This school year, teachers, educators, and everybody else today, students, there are going to be moments that you're going to feel like, oh my goodness, I'm drowning. There's too much. And, and, and our natural mindset says just keep swimming. Listen, we're not, don't listen to Dory. Dory just says, keep on swimming, keep on swimming, keep on swimming, keep on swimming. Listen, don't listen to Dory. 
Don't listen to her. Ask God, God, remove these waters from me because I know you were able to do it. You did it in the Old Testament and I know that you can do it today. And I believe again that from the seas, something will supernaturally come. Rivers can come out of revival. Amen? Amen. Don't be like Dory. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be like Dory. You know, sometimes we often think that God's word says, uh, how many of you ever heard this phrase? God will never give you more than you can handle. How many of you ever heard that phrase before? Can I tell you? It's not true. It's not true. And people will say, oh, you know, the Bible says God will never give you more than you can handle. Oh, yes, that sounds good. I wish that was so. Anybody else? You wish that was so. And I think they get that from a scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, 13, that talks about that when sin comes, you know, knocking at your door, that God will provide a way out and, and all these things like that. But here's the truth. You ready for the truth? There will be times, you better mark it down. My pastor in Lufkin used to say this all the time. You take it to the bank. There will be times that it will be more than you can handle. But that's okay because there's nothing that our God cannot handle. Give him praise this morning. There's nothing that he cannot handle. And so we got to learn to trust him. We gotta, we gotta learn to, to, to if, if he leads you to it, this is a phrase we use and I do believe it's so because it's scriptural, just like he did the children of Israel, both at, at the seas, uh, Red Sea and, and, and the Jordan River. If he leads you to it, how many of you know what I'm gonna say next? He'll lead you, let's say that again. If he leads you to it, he will. Can I remind you again, I think I preached this two weeks ago, that the disciples, the, Jesus told the disciples, he said, hey, we're gonna go to the other side. Okay, Jesus, no, no, you understand, we're gonna go to the other side. All right, Jesus, I got it. Hey, we're gonna go to the other side. Okay, Jesus, we know how to sail, we got this, we got this. And all of a sudden, they're out there. What does Jesus do? Jesus goes and he sleeps. He's out. Why? Because he knows his own word, and he's going to what? Go to the other side. But guess what? All of a sudden, a storm came. And, and, and they're, they're, they're freaking out. They're, oh, my goodness. What's, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Somebody says, he's out there sleeping. He's sleeping. Why is he sleeping? Why is he sleeping? Somebody go get him. They go get him. Jesus, don't you, don't you know what's happening? And he gets up, and he says to them, you of little faith. Why did he say you have little faith? Because he told them, what did he tell them? We're gonna get to the other side. Some of you right now are in that stormy feeling. You're like, oh my goodness, what is happening? Uh, God, and what, but, but you don't remember the promise that God said that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day Jesus Christ comes back. Hallelujah. Listen, he will complete it. You're gonna go through the storm, but know and rest assured that God will, if he leads you to it, he will lead you through it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. One thing that I want to end with is that 
God didn't say when the waters came up that it was muddy waters. He didn't say that it was, or not muddy waters, muddy land. He didn't say that it was swampy land. He didn't say that it was like in the 80s, all 80s kids were scared of this one thing. He didn't say it was quicksand. How many of you know 80s? We were all scared of quicksand. Raise your hand. Like you just thought like, I'm gonna go out in the woods and I'm gonna die of quicksand. It's gonna happen, right? Little do we know how rare it is, but you know, that, that anyway. Uh, uh, so, so he didn't say it was gonna be swampy land. He didn't say it was gonna be muddy land. He didn't say it was gonna be quicksand. He said it would be, he said it would be, uh, you didn't hear, I didn't hear you. He said it would be dry. Hallelujah. Dry land. I don't know if you've ever put some water on the ground before. How many of you, all of our, all of our, all of our grounds need water right now, Richard? You know what I'm talking about. Uh, my, my grass, my grass is just giving up. This is giving up. It's done. It looks over at my neighbor's yard over there and they're like, oh, it's nice to be green. Mine's like, hey, I'm over here being brown like a Mexican, you know, just kind of over here. <laughs> Just chilling out, yeah, just here I am, dry as can be. But if you've ever put water, if you ever put water on it, how many of you know that when you stop putting water, you got, you got mud, you don't immediately have dry ground? But that's not the way our God works. God works supernaturally, not naturally. And if God said, not only am I going to remove the waters from you, but I'm going to take another step and make another miracle and make it be so that way that the land you step on will be dry land. Hallelujah. Can we thank the Lord for dry land that we get to walk across with him? He's making a space. And you know what? If you look at the, the account of uh, not just in, in Genesis, if you look at the account also, in Exodus, it says the same thing, that they walked on dry land. Hallelujah. Uh, in, in, in Joshua, uh, they walked on dry land. Why is dry land important? Well, uh, you know, you need dry land. Uh, if you'll look at the next verse, you need dry land because of this. Look at the next verse. After God created the land, it says, let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant, every trees that grow seed-bearing fruit, the seeds will then produce all kinds of plants and trees from which they came, and that is what happened. The land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed-bearing plants and trees with seed-bearing fruit. Listen, if you allow God to be able to remove things from your life and create some space for God, it will create a, 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 a multiplication. Uh, it will create a moment that you can begin to plant seeds of prayer, plant seeds of faith, plant seeds of hope, hallelujah, and you plant those and know this, that if you plant those on the dry time with God, that space that you've created with God, God will send a rain and eventually it'll begin to grow and you'll begin to see fruit out of that time that, that you spend with God. Friends, we've got to make space with God so that way, that way what we plant will one day come back. One day we'll be able to not just bless us, but how many of you know, how many of you have ever had a garden or you've had a tree that you've had two 
too much fruit, too much vegetables that you had to give it away. Anybody ever done that before? Anybody ever done that before? Listen, that's what happens in our time with God. God is so rich in, 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 in the things that he's speaking to you. And, and, and it's so good that you can't keep it for yourself. So you got to share it with the coworker. Hallelujah. You got to share it with the neighbor. You got to share it with the person at Walmart. It's so good because that's what God does. Somebody say amen. That's what God does. And friends, my message to you, I suppose I could have said this in just a few sentences, but I like to preach, so here we are. Is this, if you'll walk away with this, this notion, this thought, that God took all the effort to make space for you and him to be there and remove things that needed to be now you have an opportunity to do the same thing with God. What are some things that you need to remove so that you could have dry, you could have the dry land and fruitful time with God? There may be people in your life that God is saying, nope, your work may have become your idol. And you say, I gotta, I gotta let that go. It could, be, it could be family even at times. It could be you know, video games. It could be TV. It could be whatever it is. What are some things that you need to remove? God created the space for you and him. How many of you know we got to create a space for our relationship with him too? Amen? We got to remove some stuff out of our lives. Praise God.